Sometimes you have to be brave when you really aren't. Most of the time it never pays off. This story takes place in a small town called Buda, Texas, with its beautiful scenery and welcoming people. But within lies a community that is forced to live in fear as its past makes itself known. David has always been a cautious person. Growing up, he had a phobia of everything. He even panicked when ceiling fans would move on its highest setting, embarrassing his parents to no end. As an adult, he had grown out of most of these phobias, but was still very cautious, often telling people, If I were in a movie, it would be five minutes long. The movie would start, something creepy would happen, and then I'd leave. End of the movie. David's girlfriend Alexis was more than excited to take him an hour away from his house in San Antonio to meet her parents in Buda. Before they made their way on that faithful trip, Alexis warns him, I do have to tell you, my house is kind of haunted. David laughed and shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, okay. She looked at him with concern and begged, please. Please bring headphones so you can use them tonight. He packed them just so she can be quiet about it, but he was very curious about this house he was going to visit. She refused to tell him anything else in fear that he would cancel this trip she was looking forward to. After a long, grueling hour of hearing Alexis talk and talk, they made their way into this small town. Buda and David's eyes looked like every small town in every 90s movie. People walking, kids riding bikes, upcoming festivals, the whole nine yards. As they turned into a subdivision that seemed to be stashed in the middle of nowhere, David abruptly stops the car. He notices that the very first house has a small group of tombstones that surround a very old tree. He couldn't believe his eyes and looked at Alexis, who gave him a faint smile while she signaled that her parents' house was just up the road. They both noticed her dad was standing outside the garage, looking on. He had no expression, and just walked right back in as they pulled into the very long driveway. Her mother was the first to greet everyone. Then she went into the bedroom to go get her husband. The father introduces himself while wiping his eyes, and he's just gotten up from a nap. Oh, I must have been asleep for hours. I worked late last night. Who was outside the garage? David nervously thought. Things just didn't add up. As night approached, both parents left to visit some friends, leaving David and Alexis home alone to watch a movie. 
He couldn't shake the fact that she didn't mention nor find it strange that we saw her dad walk into the garage only to find out he had been asleep in his room the entire time. David panics and asks, What the... What the hell was that? Oh, I was hoping it wouldn't start this early. She sighs as she looked at the kitchen cabinets. They both walk outside together to get their bags. David was not about to have her leave him in that house. He was already ready to leave. He'd seen enough. As they made their way outside, he thought with hesitation, I can't bail out. I have to stay. As they pull their bags out of the trunk, David notices a jogger in his peripherals who somehow disappears as he enters the forefront of his vision. Alexis pops her head out of the trunk in a panic and asks, Did did you see that? To which David sarcastically answers, See what? As he didn't want her just to agree with whatever he says. She described a pale figure run and vanish. Needless to say, they both power walk like an elderly couple back into the house. The inside now had a sense of dread and dead air upon re-entry. Do you want to go home? I mean it's okay if you do, Alexis asked. David knew it was a trick question, so he gathered up enough courage to decline. The couple was ready to call it a night. David was glad he brought those headphones. He lies down, plugs them into his phone, and notices no sound was coming out. Frustrated, he turns and says, That damn cat bit my wires again. As previously, their pet butters had already costed him a pair. As the night grew darker, insomnia set in. He was too nervous to fall asleep. Deeper into the night, he heard shuffling on the carpet, which came closer and more aggressive. Those footsteps turned into a pace, surrounding the bed. He noticed that Alexis happily sound asleep, looking as if she's on those old mattress commercials. What kind of psychos sleep in things like this? The dragging of the feet finally stopped, and with his luck, they halted on his side of the bed. He knew 100% that he was ready to go, and nothing was going to stop him. Too scared to get off the bed, he tried to wake Alexis and tell her that it was time to go. She turned with an annoyed look and stressed that it's 2.30 in the morning. At this point, he didn't care if she left him or not. He was ready to go. That was until... He desperately wanted to leave and tried to wake her again, but Alexis wasn't phased by any of the screaming. He felt a cold chill run up and down his body, and then... Now Alexis jumps up from whatever coma she was in as they argue as to who's going to make that first move towards the door. The banging turns into a faint knock, slowly fades away 
as they hear stomping down the hallway. Without saying a word, they stayed up until sunrise, afraid to see what lies on the other side of that bedroom door. It had become noon, and they both agreed that it was time to go. While everyone was saying their midday goodbyes, David found it strange that no one made any mention of the incidents that took place. Not one word. The ride home was met with silence. Alexis later on explained that the neighborhood was built on top of a cemetery, and the residents were told that removal of any headstone was prohibited. Kinda sounds like the plot to the 1982 horror classic Poltergeist, but it's all completely true. This was just one of my experiences, and to this day, I wonder how many other homes, how many other families share the same horror.